Welcome, welcome to another episode of DC TBD, produced by One Love Massive. I'm your co-host, Ian Taranji. Um, joining me, as always, is the lovely Michelle Bush. Hi. Michelle. Good evening, everybody. Good evening to you. How know. are you? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's been that kind of day, but you it, know what? We are going to bring high, high energy. Yes, absolutely. Positivity. Yes. Well, you saw my you, episode you of saw, DCTVD. You saw my post earlier today. I was like, what positive forward thinking podcast are people listening to? Yeah. And I should have said dot dot dot, you need to be listening to DCTVD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have any positive. No, you didn't have any positive forward thinking. <laughs> no, neither did anybody uh, else. <laughs> neither did anybody else. I did not have a lot of no. I did not have a lot of suggestions for you. No. I appreciate you reaching. I'm sure you got some though, didn't you? Everybody it was three responses. Oh jeez. <laughs> so somebody that is getting ready to start theirs January first, okay. twenty nineteen. Um doesn't do you any good it, right now. Right. Um, but congratulations to him on that. Um I think one that's slow burn that I've listened to before. That's is that the one about Watergate? I don't I thought it was was it hip hop uh, one. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Probably. But. I was like, yeah, Watergate. Because <laughs> that's what I thought. Um, and then there was another one on there. Mm -hmm. I was just mm -hmm. like, and then after that, my phone was stolen at work today. So oh, well, that's pleasant. That's always pleasant. As you're trying to help the wonderful consumers of the District of Columbia, they steal your property. Sorry, I'm just sharing this around so we can up our viewership Absolutely. from two to maybe three. I'm, I'm, I'm hitting for 11 11 to 15 of course 11 i 11 yeah viewers yes 11 we've had 11 viewers we've had up to 17 i guess yeah. we're like that probably probably on the night that i wasn't here um no it, it was the night that you were here marcus dowling uh we are told is en route he had i think uh, uh some kind of an issue uh at his mother's house trying to repair some can you picture Marcus K. Dowling? Repairing anything? Repairing anything? I can, actually. I can. Can you see him with the... I have never seen it. Can you see him with the suede James Evans uh, tool belt on? <laughs> oh, he's going to oh kill me when he, oh when, my God. when he runs this back and watches yeah. it. He's got a suede tool belt. Uh, I got this tool belt from Neiman Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> On uh, loan from on loan, yeah, exactly. On loan from Nevins. Uh, <laughs> it would be remiss if we did not thank our crew behind the board, Absolutely. Mr. Nick. We love production. Mr. Nick, and thank Molly, you. Molly, 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 Poppy Molly, Molly. Molly. Molly is the woman. Do you see this beautiful studio that we are in? She is the queen bee. She is one who made, has made all this happen, yeah. and um, she is so appreciated because of her love of DC culture. Yep, and everything DC. She is so loved and appreciated, yeah. and you know we are so so blessed and so fortunate to be here in this in this great environment. We get this opportunity because of yeah. One Love Massive, yeah. because we're DC natives who speak truth. Yep. And uh, I guess Molly thinks that that's worthwhile, and so we are. It uh, is so appreciative, so so appreciative. Of like our, we're in the, the opportunity to 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 have this to have this weekly conversation. It's really something that I look forward to every week. Yeah. Um, we, we didn't last week cause it was Labor Day and, um, sure, and we deserve the day off. Well, I'm sure Nick and Mike were, you know, relaxing somewhere, yeah, relaxing somewhere. Yeah. 
<laughs> Nick is like, thank you. <laughs> I, I hope I hope lighting a spliff on a boat somewhere because it was yeah, hot. honey, palm trees and palm yeah, no oil. Doubt. No yeah. doubt. But as you all know, this is DC TBD, where your weekly conversation um, about the biggest news stories of the week. Really, uh, we focus primarily on politics, but we'll talk maybe maybe some Nicki Minaj and Cardi B tonight. No, I said no. <laughs> I said no. We're not going to talk about. <laughs> I know Ian was so mad at me <laughs> when I sent that text <laughs> before my phone was stolen. Um, so, of course, you know, we go through our Monday morning. All right, here's the rundown. This yeah. is what we're going to do. These are our topics. Here's, here's and the, we have to do it the day of. And we have to do it the day of because something is always popping off Shit with, popping you know, with, the with the government and everything else that's, that's right. going on. And so, of course, the Nikki and Cardi. And I was just like, No. I don't want to talk about it because Cardi B is still the best and Nikki needs to go sit down somewhere. And even with a little lump on her head and Oh, Mike, did you see the 125? Now I could not. So I sent Mike. Well, let's, 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 let's get, let's get some background. We can't assume that everybody knows. What okay. You're talking so, about. so we're going to go over really quickly. So I will divulge right. this from... Is, this is, by the way, this is us not talking about Nikki and Cardi. Go this ahead. This is us Go not ahead, talking about Nikki and Cardi. Go ahead, Michelle. <laughs> so um, it was... It wasn't Tom Ford. Was it Tom Ford? It was some fashion icon event that was taking place. There's something and, going on in Fashion Week. Yeah. That's where Nikki and Cardi Yeah, so basically up. they were both invited and their camps just basically got into a little bit of a yelling match and a little bit of a scuffle. TMZ really did not get the best footage no. of terrible what, footage. Terrible footage. Terrible footage. Lighting. Footage. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Just no, no. nothing. Nothing was right. Yeah. And so it pretty it pretty much was Cardi B upset, you know, you're gonna stop talking about me. You're going to keep your name, you know, my name out of your mouth where, you know, we have confronted each other. We've done this. We've done that. But you're still talking about me. And she was like, yeah, come at me like you, you were going to hit Travis. And so a shoe went flying and then somebody got clocked in the head. And yeah. poor Nikki, had, I mean, not Nikki, um, Cardi has a knot over her head. Yeah. And I just was not going to to laugh about it because I I have a little knot on my head, um, and it doesn't feel good. Yeah. And so, but Mike, uh, who was a a host a couple weeks ago, had a yeah. hundred and twenty five comment post on. I think he started it by saying. Cardi B is not here yeah. for this, yeah. not K-N-O-T. No. And, so then, and, then, and then it became a, a bunch of puns on that. So yeah. and shout, I, out, and shout out to Machiavelli and Mike. Yes, Machiavelli and, and Mike. Funny. That was some funny shit. That so the one, shit. The, I did text him and I was like, okay, so if I was going to say something on the post, but I'm not because today's like a really bad day, this was not landing. And I was like. Oh, they already had that. <laughs> Somebody already did somebody that. Somebody already took it. So anyway. 125 responses. 125 responses. Somebody, I mean, somebody, somebody was going to take it. Somebody already dropped Nats Land. But no, I mean, the, th the reason why I just really didn't want to talk about it is because right now they're, they're in the artistry of females and hip hop and the rap culture and just everything. Like, you need to let Cardi shine. Nikki, it it's maybe time to sit down. Like your your branding, your the product that you're putting out is just really it's just not that great anymore. 
it was a novelty when you first came out and it's just like it's just grown to nothing well, Look, I, would, I would take i would take slight issue i don't think that Nicki minaj is a novel i actually think she's a very skilled mc Take the novel, take take the novelty away not, from it. That's not a novelty, and, I, I mean, and that's a skill. I mean, I mean, I think she is talented. Yeah, I don't, I don't I listen, I don't listen to her I, music. Right, that, that that that's that's ultimately my issue with Nikki is that I think she makes poor musical choices. Yeah. But I mean, it obviously, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to manage manage her career when I can barely <laughs> figure right. out what's going on in mine. Oh, please, let's but, not even talk about mine. Um, <laughs> But and then the thing it's but so yeah, music, it's so crazy. But her skill, her skill as an MC, yeah. I think is 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 very good. I actually probably would rate it higher than Cardi's. I mean, as I, an M skill as an MC, I get it. Yeah, I get it. Let Cardi shine. Cardi is doing great things. And then yesterday she posted her Tom Ford line with you know with the makeup and everything. And it's yeah. just like let her be her right now. But now that she is a mother designer, and everything, designer ice pack. Yeah, designer ice pack. So, all right, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm, but anyway, I'm, we're, gonna, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give the last word on Cardi and Nikki, which is because we were not talking about this absolutely, today. Absolutely, absolutely not talking about it. My last word about it is this: my wife and her two sisters. My wife is the oldest of three sisters. Uh, Guyanese family. They're all beautiful, like supermodel looking. Uh, and so they basically, when they were growing up, they had a rule during the fights: uh -huh. anything goes. Yep. Just don't touch the face. Don't touch the face. So somebody broke that rule. Yes, they did. So I don't know who it was. Yes, they did. My suggestion is this. I think if Nikki and Cardi are going to continue their beef, they need to do two things. One, observe the rules of engagement. Do Correct. not do not touch the face. Correct. Two, they should probably beef with bars instead of like throwing shoes at each other. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. we saw Drake and Meek Mill came together. On stage the other night, oh, we can bridge the divides. We can bridge. We can heal the wounds that divide this country. That's like Sydney. through hip hop beefs. That's like. And honestly, I think if Nicki and Cardi would just come out with a couple of diss tracks, talk about all of their fake appendages and <laughs> you know this and that, and I mean, who, well, who well, did who did your work? It's nowhere near as good as mine. Well, well clearly, <laughs> some, the one work on one person is looking very horrible because Nicki. Okay, I'm sorry. We are not talking about we're this. We're not talking about this. No, we're not talking about this. We're let, not talking let, about let, this. Let, got, let's talk about the, the, the other cheaters down we, there at 1600 Pennsylvania we Avenue. Got, we got a lot more to talk about. Yes. Um, so let's, let's, let's just jump right into it here. Uh, our first segment I titled, All of the President's Men yep. Think He's an Idiot. <laughs> All of them. And I'm thinking that Giuliani thinks that he's an yeah, idiot too. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so here's the deal, and and I'm going to kind of get a little bit legal on you and 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 talk about evidence. <clears throat> and y'all see see me preparing myself for the this. The thing about evidence, yeah, yeah. Let's let's comport ourselves professionally yes. here <clears throat> for just a minute. Thank you, um, Your Honor. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, you can have individual pieces of evidence, and when you have multiple pieces of evidence that say the same thing, it's not a question of well you you have one piece of evidence that proves it and then everything else is superfluous you can have a, an accumulated weight of evidence and um i think that we're i think we're in that place right now where we have a pretty unrefutable accumulation of evidence that the people who work in the white house with president trump think he is an idiot. They've they always think he's thought. an idiot. And you know why they think that? 
You know why they think that? Why, Ian? Because he's an idiot. Because he's an idiot. <laughs> but see, I, 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 I get what you're trying. I get what you're saying. It's like it's finally coming to. I, I guess you can say it's finally coming to a head. It's like. Well, is it? Is anybody going to do anything about it? That's see. That's. That's my problem. That's where we need to go. That's that's where we're stuck. We should probably back up and just like really quickly talk about what what it what it is that 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 has happened in the last week. Two um, weeks. Yeah, in the last couple of weeks, really. But uh, uh, my college classmate uh, John Chait writes for the New Yorker, or I'm sorry, New York Magazine, and wrote a great article. <laughs> wrote a great article uh, from September 5th entitled "Trump Associates Keep Getting Misquoted Questioning Intelligence of Very Stable Genius." Um, what we've had, so Bob Woodward is releasing a book um, that is called, I believe, Fire? Fire? Under? Fear. Fear. I knew it was an F word. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was a four-letter F word, but not that Fuck one. Trump. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> fear, fear. Fear. And in this, in this book, so this is, it kind of follows the Woodward, I'm going to write a book about this presidency right. um, kind of like thing where he basically does all of his digging and then shows up at the press secretary's office and says, okay, I'm writing a book. I'd like total access to the West Wing and, you know, give me 10 hours with the president. And right. Usually the response to that is, uh, you're crazy. And then he says, yeah, well, right. okay, so here's what I'm writing. Here's everything that I've dug up. Here's the volumes of materials that I have, yep. the documents that have been given to me. Here, I have this, I have this, I have this, I have this, I have this. I can draw my own conclusions here, but I would certainly like to hear the president uh, speak on this and why this happened and why he wrote uh -huh. this and why this was in an email and why this was done and why this and why that. Otherwise, I'll just put my, put, put my own spin on it. Right. And inevitably what happens is they, they give Bob Woodward everything he wants yes. and he still writes a book that shits all over the administration. I mean, the purely some of the quotes that I'm just like, the quotes well. are The quotes are yes. remarkable. So... Just uh, uh, in, in, and the book is not even out yet, so so we're just getting sort of excerpts snippets, yeah. and snippets. So what we have um, is a, a, a national security meeting, a national security council meeting, um, or some kind of meeting at the Pentagon in which uh, Defense Secretary Jim Mattis mm -hmm. is present. Um, I think this might have been the meeting where Trump was like, uh, you know, let's just why are we. Why are we, you know, fooling around with Assad? Let's just go assassinate this guy, yep. Bashar al-Assad from Syria, uh, who are in the middle of a, a civil war, and they're backed by Russia, and it becomes it's it's, it's a lot easier than Russia? just it's Russia. a lot easier than just than just sitting on your couch, right. uh, you know, with Fox News on mute saying. Why are we fucking around with all this? Let's just go assassinate the guy. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they get but off. She the said phone. They get off the phone, and Mattis is like, "Yeah, we're not, we're not doing that." And but you said the like, key word, Russia. Well, let's remember, <laughs> Russia is more than just Trump territory. Right. But the, the, the funny thing is that the, the, the quotes that we're getting from people inside the administration, always anonymous quotes, um, even though a lot of them you can, you can tell. You can tell who it is. They're not sitting there saying, I am really super concerned because I believe that he's compromised by the Russians. They're saying, we're super concerned because he doesn't read. He doesn't prepare. Nope. He doesn't understand okay. complex issues. He doesn't think strategically. He won't think steps ahead. He just goes on gut instinct, and and that's that's what he does. So I mean, but but just to, but just to back up. So we also had the the Michael Wolf Fire and Fury book. Uh -huh. um, you know, we had Rex Tillerson 
was quoted in a, a, an article, I believe, in the New York Times, Times. As, as calling President Trump, and this is a quote, a fucking moron. Yep. Oh, Rexy baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think remember I keep asking I think, every week anybody talk to Rex <laughs> and I think and I think I think when they asked Rex about it he's like come on that's ridiculous I don't swear right that, that wasn't me who said that John, I would never have said the F word John there Jeff. have always been stories in the New York press that have been placed by Javanka basically sort of letting the more liberal New York their cadre of liberal New York friends when you know their father her father is is like the most uh, uh, right-wing radical president that we've ever had. Yeah. At least certainly since Nixon. What's so she, Wilson? So she, kind of? they, they, put, they put it out in the New York press that, you know, they're the ones that are like stopping the worst instincts. Oh, and, you know, God, all this other please shit. save it. And then we had this, this anonymous New York Times op-ed that came out last week basically saying that the president is clearly unfit yep. and we are, there's, a, there's a group, they call them like the resistance within the administration. The resistance within, within the, administration. the administration, and they are supposedly curbing his worst instincts. So, Michelle, are you reassured <laughs> that there is this cabal of shitheads in the administration who are supposedly um, curbing President Trump's worst instincts? No. No. I just believe that this is just the next level of, of what's going to come out, the dipshittery. Of what comes out of the White House, if it's if it's every week, if it's every other week, if it's we're not going to do a story on this. Oh, they they've gone to that closed door meeting and they haven't been seen or heard from. You know, because we just kept saying for a couple of weeks, we have not heard from Jared and Ivanka. Where are they? What is going on? So I just believe that, you know, it's kind of uh, uh, maybe there's a little truth behind it. I mean, we know there's big truth behind it. And maybe there are really some concerned yeah. individuals that are working in the West Wing mm -hmm. uh, and everything. But honestly, I just think it's just the next ploy. It's yeah. the next ploy for him to throw a temper tantrum. And that's exactly, it, it's, it's like bait and switch, but he is the one putting the bait on the line or somebody's helping him put it on because, you know, he's not that bright. He's bright, but he ain't that bright. Um, so I, I, you know, I'm just like, no, I just think it's just another ploy yeah. from the Trump administration and those that work in, it was like that article that somebody from the Trump administration put out about, oh, we can't find dates since we've been living here in DC. And it's so hard to sit at the bar and talk to people in DC. Mm -hmm. Wah, wah, wah. You yeah. know, how about you've lived here your whole life and you know, you're involved with politics and then you're just, you know, yeah, we're stuck with you too now. How about so, how about this? How about DC is a city of smart people, and we see through bullshit. Uh, so if you're yeah. garbage human being, which we will almost almost by definition, if you're working in the Trump administration, yeah. it's because you can't get work in 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 legitimate GOP circles. Correct. Um. So yeah, it's yeah. Um. I am not terribly reassured. I mean, look, I can see an argument that you know you have a president who's not been a politician before. Right. Um. Look, I was a political science major, and I can tell you this. If they handed me the nuclear codes and started giving me daily briefings, like, I would be, I would feel like I was drowning. Like, I, yeah, I but get, see, I but, get but that there's a, lot, there's a lot that goes on with it. And, 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 and every president, I think, has a, a, a learning experience. And the good presidents know what they don't know. Yeah. And understand that, that 
there's a reason why you surround yourself with so many experts because you cannot be the expert. You cannot understand. You cannot understand the intricacies of whatever conflict is happening in Burundi, or um, you know, I mean, you can, but then inevitably, if you spend time on Burundi, then Pakistan's going to fall through the cracks. Right. But you know, that's why you ha- surround yourself with experts. You stock your administration with the Absolutely. best and the brightest people. Absolutely. And you listen to them. Yeah. I mean, I think that ultimately, that's that's where this president. Failed. He failed. He failed is, with is the by is 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 by not heeding ed, good advice. Yeah. Um. Or or heeding it, but only only um uh, reluctantly. But does he have the best and the brightest around him? We yeah, already well, know that that that's a no. Yeah. And the thing about it is, you know, you're talking about a president that's briefed every morning. This is a president that did not want to be briefed every morning. He gets, so, briefed, he gets briefed by watching Fox and Friends every morning. Right. And is, so, and is he even still watching Fox and Friends right now? Here's my other question. Yes. Um, supposedly, and going back to the anonymous New York Times op-ed, supposedly yes. we have somebody or a group of individuals in the administration who are working to curb Trump's worst instincts. If they are, have curbed his worst instincts, like, like what is he proposing behind closed doors? Because this feels like a presidency run by the worst instincts of a trash human being. Have you seen his campaign rallies that he's been doing in the past two weeks? Like, what what are these worst instincts that they're curbing? I mean, because nobody curbed uh, uh, child separation, no. migrant migrant child separations. No. no. Nobody curbed. No. Uh, you know, both sides were to blame for Charlottesville. No. Nobody curbed Helsinki no. and talking and and you know his servile uh, attitude and mentality towards no. Vladimir Putin. Um, those worst instincts weren't curbed. So which ones are, uh, I don't, I don't want to think about it because unfortunately it's, it's just, I, I feel like his worst. And I mean, we've seen bad, we we've seen damaging, we've seen upsetting. Um, yeah. I think his worst, and maybe this is what this is is that his worst is going to push us into a war not amongst borders but truly amongst ourselves. We're already we're already at war with ourselves. It's like a cold war. But I just feel like it it's almost to like just demolish cities, just to bring them down. And I, I yeah, when it when it if there's something worse I mean, I don't want to think about it. You have to. You have. I mean, this is the reality that we live in. Well, there is worse. There's always. I mean, there, you absolutely, can, we, there's we can, always we can, worse. We but can I, look around the world and and see worse. We can see where authoritarian tendencies hit, can take even democracy. Yeah, look at his, Turkey. Turkey's hit, a democracy. Turkey is a democracy. I, you know, his worst could be that Erdogan is an authoritarian. He his worst could be that he drops a dime on something that Putin didn't want him to know about, and we're really at war. Like we're we're fucked. So and the, the the big issue for me with all of these all of these people speaking anonymously to reporters at the New York Times or the Washington Post or Bob Woodward or Michael Wolf or writing anonymous yeah. op eds or you know whispering to their friends about you know listen there's really a, a, a secret cabal of us trying to you know curb the worst instincts i mean to me what this is is just a cynical abuse of power yes um because you have people saying yes this man is patently unfit he is temperamentally unfit yep he doesn't know what he's doing 
and he has the power to do things that are reckless and that can cause real, real damage. But, you know, we're getting this great Supreme Court justice and all these tax cuts. I'm sorry, we're getting what? Deregulation. <laughs> and, you know, so it's like they, this is, this is the, this is sort of like the choice that so many Republicans have made. And it's why, you know, uh, 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 Quinnipiac, I'll have to look it up, but, but Quinnipiac uh, had a poll today um, and his approval ratings are down at 36, which is in the bucket. Very low. Very, very low. They're like the bottom of... Well, are we almost at the bottom? It's like... But among Republicans, he's got like a 90% approval rating. And it's 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 startling. I just... You know, I just... I don't know why some of the Republicans... And not even some. Like, why is the Republican Party... Why is the GOP so afraid of Trump? Can you all just... Because of his voters. Because of because they need his voters to win their elections. I mean, that's that's it. I mean, that's... I mean, even with all of this that, that that's come out with the book, you know, with the article. None our, of that stuff moves the media. No. And here's what's so funny. And I said that this was going to happen. Omarosa dropped a third tape and nobody even noticed it. Yeah. And I was just like, well, we knew that would happen. She could drop a whole mixtape. She could drop an EP. So? Yeah, they don't care. So, uh, so according to Quinnipiac, among Republicans... President Trump has an 84% approval rating versus a 7% disapproval rating. I'd like, now, to, now I'd, I I'd like to know the breakdown, and especially because as we looked at the, the, the numbers of who voted for Trump, I'd love to know the breakdown out of that 84% African-Americans, Latino. Zero, zero, or, or damn close to it. I mean, this is just among Republicans. This 84% is among Republicans. Well, you got black Republicans out there. Yeah. Shout out to y'all. I see y'all hurt. <laughs> I, I fool with some of y'all, but um, uh, you know this is not that pro-choice thing. Though, we I don't feel with any of y'all. <laughs> you know, I have been, I have been Get asked with the fucking <laughs> program. program. You, I have been asked, am I, am same, I with, a, same with gay Republicans, Latino Republicans, yeah, Black Republicans. Yeah. Get with the program. I have been asked, am I a Republican? And I'm just like, I'm pro-choice. So <laughs> let's just let's just be real clear about that. Mommies be dropping babies on their heads. Oh. Next thing you know, you got black Republicans. <laughs> Ian gets close to the line every time, y'all. Every time Marcus is not here, to I know. <laughs> to, I know how to. I know how to walk right up to that line. He goes right up to that line I'll and even, just turns around. He'll look over. He'll look over a little look bit. Over into the look, at, look at the little fishy. <laughs> But I always step back. I always step back. back. But this is what this is why we we have this. This is the reason why DCTB. Oh God, I can't even get it out tonight. DCTBD is the is the way that it is because we have to have some real truthful, honest conversations. Yeah, we do about shit is fucked up and bullshit right now. We need truth. We need to hear truth. We're people, gonna, ha you and know, people need to hear truth even if it's uncomfortable. Like I, oh, it's so very uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable when we talk about immigration. Hell, I mean, really, when we talk about Trump, we talk about D.C. politics. I know it's very uncomfortable. I, I mean, I have some friends out there like, Michelle, I heard what you said on, uh, on your little podcast. But I'm like, okay. Yeah. I'm telling the truth. Standing by. Standing by. Okay. Every word of D.C. TV. If, I, if I'm wrong, you are welcome on the show to tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. But guess who's sitting in this chair and we're going to debate it back and forth.
So just is what it is. I think you, you don't know, even have to. People can take issue. Look, not everybody's yeah. gonna, not everybody's, not everybody's, gonna, everybody's not everyone's gonna agree, and that's fine. Not everybody's cool. gonna agree, especially when Marcus says that Kanye West is gonna be the president. John Legend just said that he that he knows he thinks Kanye West yeah. is gonna run in twenty twenty, but now it's twenty twenty four. Republican Marcus. Marcus thinks he's, that he's going to run as a Republican. As a Republican, I, I don't know that I agree with that. But then again, I have disagreed with Marcus before on on many of things, other things that that oh. uh, he has turned out to be and prescient far of, more than me. Right. And speaking of Mr. West, now it now we talked about this. Miss Kardashian, excuse me, Mrs. West, has now enrolled in law school. When the hell did she go to college? Good for her, because I'll tell you this. This is a total aside. Because I, you know, I am a lawyer. I've been practicing for eighteen years. I'm still years. on. This, I'm still on. When did she go to college? She went to college. Oh, Here's okay. the deal. Here's the deal. All right. So I, I'm going to law school too next year. I get. Well, I'm going to. Uh, then, then here. I'm, then this is for you because I get. <laughs> I get people all the time. And, you know, they're like, "Oh, you're a lawyer." Yeah, I'm thinking about going to law school. You know, or 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 I just got accepted to law school, or I'm just you know I'm halfway through my first year of law school, and then I'm always just like. He does the Michelle head nod. Oh. <laughs> uh, he had learned that from me. <laughs> and, you know, I have to sometimes kind of like, again, I'm a truth speaker. And right. I am not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here for your feelings. <laughs> I'm here to tell you truth, whether you like it or not. And law school is, for most people, it's a terrible investment. Yep. A terrible, terrible investment. Yep. Now, Kim Kardashian falls under one of my exceptions where it's actually can be a good thing for her okay because she's independently wealthy and she can pay for it without having to take out student loans right and rely on practicing law as a career in order to pay back said student loans but she doesn't have to rely on any of that right and if you don't have to rely on that it's a wonderful education you learn so much stuff you it it it, it shapes the way you 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 think about and process so much information in every field and endeavor. Right. Every field and endeavor, right. there can be a, a, a legal aspect to it. And even when you're not even thinking about the law, it just it's a it's a it's a disciplined way of thinking through problems and analyzing problems and trying to develop solutions. Like it's a wonderful it's a wonderful academic exercise. It's a terrible business investment in your career. Right. If if you are in the position of having to take out student loans yeah. and then having to work as a lawyer in order to pay back said student loans. Right. For several reasons. One, colleges and law schools especially have become so much more expensive over the last 10 years, yes. 10, 20 years. Um, I mean, when I went to law school, it was less than $10,000 a year. Yeah. So my student loans are much less, you know, a lot of people coming out of my own law school right now with, you know, paying $30,000 a year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's not, that's, that's not a solid investment because there aren't that many, there's more law graduates every year than there are jobs for them. Correct. Correct. So that means the ones that do find jobs are working for lower pay Yeah. and also <laughs> your, your first few years working as a lawyer are like the most yeah. soul crushing total drudgery of like doing document reviews yeah, or are, researching discrete I, issues. Yeah. You know, I once spent 40 hours researching and writing up an, uh, an issue that ended up being a footnote in like a 130 page brief. Good gracious. 
40 hours I spent on that and, and build the client for it. That's you know? why I want to go so, into fashion. So uh, my, so again, yeah, I, so I, I, I went, we went off on a total tangent there. I would recommend to you, uh, avoid law school like the plague. Oh God, I Kim am. Kim Kardashian. <laughs> I am. She's but wealthy. Mean, she but, does not, she doesn't need to pay well, back student loans. Well, she is, can go. This is the thing. We talked about this when Kim, uh, you know, was the advocate for the woman that she got right, out of prison. Right. We talked about this yeah. on the show. We said, what is her motivation now? Will she begin to turn and become more like her father and step away from, you know, what her mother has been doing for so many years? She could be a very effective advocate for um, for uh, criminal justice reform, but, right. but, but I also... She's got a bad. But I haven't heard she's her, got a stigma. I haven't heard her. I haven't. Heard, I haven't heard her speak knowledgeably about no, on the subject. No. Beyond this no. one case that she took a personal interest in, and, right. and that's wonderful. That's wonderful that she took. I mean, and look, anybody who is behind bars wrongfully, or is behind bars because of shitty drug laws, or is behind bars because um, uh, eyewitness testimony that is almost at this point considered to be inherently re- unreliable. Right. Um, Anybody who's in that situation, anything that's done to get them out right. is a good thing. And so I give Kim Kardashian 100% plaudits for the interest that she took in that case, the actions that she took. Uh, she parlayed her her influence and her 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 knowing people mm-hmm. um, into in, into a good outcome. I would like if- to see. I would like to see her. Uh, advocate more on behalf of criminal justice reform and maybe come out in favor of some of these and and assist financially some of these uh, people running for district attorneys right. uh, in, in various cities who are running on platforms of criminal justice reform, right. running on platforms of functionally marijuana decriminalization. Correct. The new district attorney in Philadelphia, and I, I his name unfortunately escapes me, but he is somebody who... Um, you know, basically, he has told his his department we're not prosecuting marijuana offenses. Right. Um, it's not about how much weight it is. It's not about how many grams. It's like we're not prosecuting it. Yeah, we're not wasting it's, time. It's low level. We're not it's wasting, wasting time. This is bullshit. Yeah. Um, well, if she, I mean, if she's going to do cash it, cash bail is another big issue. Oh, that's when huge. it comes to when it comes to that's criminal huge. justice reform. And you know, look, I mean, as somebody who spends an inordinate amount of time in and around courthouses and courtrooms, um, there is. There can be no question that there's right. racial disparities and yeah. the way justice is administered in this country. Well, if she's going to do it, anybody anybody who says otherwise doesn't know. Right. So if she's going to do it, do it well. Um, will I look forward to hearing her after her first year of law school? Maybe, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, that's. I mean, we'll that's, see. We'll see. I did not want to talk about freaking Nicki Minaj, Cardi B, or Kim Kardashian tonight. Or Kanye. Or that dipshittery. Yeah. <laughs> but here we go talking about Yeah. Nikki Cardi. Nikki Cardi. Yeah. Well we're gonna Kim we're gonna Kanye. we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna move on a little bit right. now and talk about uh a different topic. So um as we all know by now, Nike came out with its advertisement. It's just it, it, I believe it's the thirtieth anniversary of their just do it campaign. Yes. And the spokesman for said campaign is one yes. Colin Kaepernick, let me just say. Shout out to the noops. Let me just say, Colin Kaepernick, in this ad, in a black turtleneck. Yes. And the camel hair coat. Yes. And the fro. Yes. On point. On point. On point. On point. (laughs) Colin (laughs) My man looks like Shaft. 
Colin is a beast. He is a beast because he is basically a silent assassin. His name brings hatred to the lips of many people. His name brings joy and laughter to many people. Mm -hmm. And Nike, you are just smart and brilliant. And I don't think it was just Nike. I think he had a lot to do with it. I think they sat in a room and they were like, so what do we do? How do we hoodwink and bamboozle the NFL and pay you your salary? Like that was just fucking brilliant. And that just shows that we can come together and do so much yeah. with what just, just, just this simple protest. And I don't want to say simple like I'm degrading it or lowering it because it's not what it is. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's just it's it, it's it's more than just the inhumane ways that we have dealt with police brutality. It's dealing with the medical, the mental health the domestic violence, all the reasons why I'm protesting the NFL. Mm -hmm. Although I did get a glimpse of the comeback last night from the Green Bay Packers. Come on. Come on. Good Jesus. Fuck's sake. <laughs> anyway, um, I don't even know who plays for these teams, so I couldn't name the quarterbacks or nothing. Um, for those who don't know, I, uh, I'm born in D.C., but I grew up outside of Chicago, so I'm a Skins and a Bears, Bears fan. fan. And fuck Aaron Rodgers. Okay, He's, ang he's angry this evening, y'all. <laughs> he's angry. We did not get to have our cold brew. We couldn't figure it out. So Ian's a little testy this evening. <laughs> um, Listen, but the whole point of being here at the Mind Space is to get this. <laughs> they have like this dope cold brew <laughs> on tap. And we couldn't figure out how to do it. <laughs> we are up there. There's an event that just let out. We look so stupid. We're trying to get a cup. We're trying to figure out, yeah. is this it? No, that's the water. Is this it? No, that's the that's hot the coffee. Water. That's no, the hot that, water. I that's don't the... want that. So then the guy is like, no, it's over there. We go over there and we're like, how yeah. the fuck does this work? And everybody's dressed up in suits. It was like some former Obama staffers who, who wrote a book and were giving like a panel discussion and here I am in my like ratty ass Captain America. Please, honey, I'm in I'm in my uh, my rainbow special this evening, <laughs> rainbow from uh, Heck and Jamal. <laughs> so I know they were looking at yeah. me like, who is this crazy lady? Um, so you know, it, it's just Nike. Just it, it's it's just amazing. Now the memes to follow, y'all should just stop. <laughs> Just uh, yeah, they should have stopped like probably seventy two hours ago. But they should have topped. I, they should have topped. I see, and that's that was my fault messing up because I saw the one for Pootie Tang that was on the. Oh God, it was terrible. Oh there was one of Stevie Wonder, and it was in Braille, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, this is this has to stop. Oh, but I get it. I get it. You know, we're just in that, and we're we're in that era that just you know you take it and run with it. You know, it, it, you look at it and say, you know what, that's that's just celebrating what has come out. Yeah. But, you know, 
how we're in such Donald Trump has us and I don't even think Donald Trump. I mean, it is the fact that we did elect our first African-American president and the racism just has always been around. But it just really just it just it was the slow boil. Once Trump became president, it was the high boil. You're boiling your macaroni and cheese and the noodles. And now, I mean, you you have this idiot that has on a pair of Nikes and sets his shoes on fire while he's in his damn shoes. Really, dude? Guess what? Nike already got the money because you paid for the shoes. So your protest is a little stupid. Now you've got third-degree burns over your feet. <laughs> and you've got to now come out of your pocket uh, for your insurance. Yeah, I hope he has Obamacare. I hope you have Obamacare. Um <laughs> You know, to pay for your 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 hospitalization, and now you're gonna have to go through treatment and therapy because you tried to burn up your little pig feet. Listen, this is, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of dumb shit. Obviously, obviously, <laughs> a lot of conservative backlash to Nike's decision to have Colin Kaepernick as their as their spokesperson, um, and. Nike's response to this conservative backlash has been basically, meh. We don't care. Fuck you. We we're don't not, care. We're Nike. Yeah. Because okay. Nike is not, <laughs> Nike is not, they're happy to take your money if you live in Dubuque, Iowa. Yep. But Nike's not marketing to Dubuque, Iowa. Nike's marketing to Tokyo and New York and L.A. And they and love DC, Colin and Kaepernick. Paris and London and yeah. Stockholm and Nairobi yeah. and, and, and Lagos and Rio. That is where Nike sees its growth potential. And, buy an, and, and, and also, let's also not forget, Nike has relationships with athletes. Yes. Big relationships with athletes let's talk about of these athletes let's talk about the most african-american yeah the most celebrated and decorated athlete who has a his his own signature his own brand his own and we were talking about michael jordan michael jordan lebron james serena williams tiger woods tiger woods still has multi-million dollar. Pretty much one of the top two or three players in any sports league around the world is going to be probably wearing Nike Nike gear. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think Nike, it's pretty clear Nike, let's not paint Nike as, as, as like uh, an altruistic, you know, Organization. They right. are a, a, a massive, massive multinational corporation um, with a huge market share. I mean, probably I gotta believe they're uh, they're a top ten, top twenty global brand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the world, I mean, they're 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 beyond brand. Yeah, yeah. They're in, in 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 market cap, probably top twenty. In brand recognition, probably top, top five. Yeah. yeah, top two. Because I mean, cause, no, well, I won't say. Num- not two because right now you know you're talking about Apple, Amazon. Well, but those, still that's market cap. I'm talking about like the actual oh the, the brand logo itself and the brand. Uh, I would say somewhere in the top ten. I would say I would say it's probably one or two. Maybe the Coca maybe Coca Cola. Coca Cola is definitely one, yeah, and probably Nike number two globally. Yeah. Global brand recognition. Uh, Apple's top Apple. five. Yeah, Apple is definitely top Samsung's five. 
definitely probably top ten, but yeah, I gotta believe Nike. Nike somewhere. Swoosh, the Nike's, swoosh is is one of Nike's the like most five. I say five six. So that's why I say top ten. Yeah, but they're definitely like they're not eight nine or ten. No, you're talking like five six seven. Yeah, I'm not sure that I could find four or five more recognizable brands, but I mean, yeah. Bottom line is, it's a huge. They're they're a huge they're, global they're, brand. Yeah, so, they're beyond a brand. So if if you know you're pissed off white guy in middle America who's you know because uh, uh, your kids are all wearing Nike and then all of a sudden what Kaepernick what what I protest I'm boycotting Nike's response is basically the double bird yeah you already bought the shoe thanks we you bought the shoes thanks you don't want to buy anymore appreciate it fine um, Nike's global strategy as I was I was listening to uh, Vox's the weeds podcast and they were talking about this issue and they had on one of their writers and and, and I'm apologizing to uh, the good people at at, uh, at Vox Media because I cannot recall her name, but uh, she was discussing Nike's sort of like global branding strategy and they're looking for Henry's. Yeah. Henry's. And, that's, and that's Vox, everybody. V-O-X. Yes. All of us post uh, Vox articles kind of often. That is not Fox. We do not support Not Fox. Fox. Vox. V is but in victory. V is in victor. <laughs> so my, Nike's global, brand, global strategy is that they're looking for what are called Henry's. They're high... High earning, not rich yet. Yes. Henry. Um, so so basically people, and we see them here in D.C., people who make six figures, yeah. uh, but they're not rich. They're usually younger in professional, mm-hmm. um, professional settings. They usually live in the urban environment. Um, and, and like I was just spouting off the, the, the cities that they sort of focus on, you know, New York, Tokyo, Madrid. Right. Dubai. L.A., um, you know, so they're, yeah, so, so Steve in Iowa, don't burn your shoes. It's just, yeah. you're not, you're not going to get anybody's attention at Nike and all you're going to do is you're going to have burned shoes. You're going to have burnt up shoes. So, but yeah. Also, like I said, Nike is a multinational corporation. Mm-hmm. They care about their shareholders and their return on investment. Um, so let's not paint them as like the altruistic People that they are, they Nike has done a lot of problematic, a lot of problematic stuff. Their overseas labor situation is problematic, uh-huh. but they could have the overseas labor situation, uh, uh, basically what, child slave labor, uh, <laughs> and, yeah. and 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 not be supporting Colin Kaepernick. Correct. So the fact that we have a company that has problematic labor situations and they're supporting Colin Kaepernick. You know, it's it's it's, a, it's better than it could be. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. and I'm happy for Colin Kaepernick. The man has sacrificed his NFL career yep. for his principles. You know, people can shit on him all they like, and guess what? You know who they shit on at the same. You know, uh, they did the exact same thing to Muhammad Ali. Yes, they did. When he refused to be inducted into the into the armed forces to serve in Vietnam, yep. and he took the punishment. He turned himself into the police. He was prosecuted. He was he was uh, convicted, and he took his conviction to the appeals court, then ultimately to the Supreme Court, where he won a 9-0 decision yes. reversing his conviction. Um, and only then yeah. did he get back into the fight game, and he lost three or four of three or four years during what should have been right. his peak. I mean, that's always my argument when people talk about you know who's the greatest fighter. I mean, I. I think it's I think it's Ali, and I think when you look at the record, you have to realize that probably twenty it's it's 
25% less than what it could have been. Oh, of course. Had he, had he continued fighting. Right. Um, in, 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 in all those years. Right. And people said the same thing about Muhammad Ali in 68 and 69 and 70 that they say about Colin Kaepernick today. And, um, you know, guess what? Muhammad Ali is an icon. He's a civil rights icon. icon. He's a sports icon. He's a civil rights icon. The greatest. And I think that Colin Kaepernick will go down the same way. Absolutely. He sacrificed, he sacrificed his peak playing years for principle. And the man is principle. still in shape. He still works out. He's still ready well, if somebody says. You see some of the bums flinging the ball around on uh, Sundays. They are bums. And Pure. I was like, is that Marcus? <laughs> you, see some of the, you see some of the bums flinging balls around on Sunday, and you realize that Kaepernick is being colluded against. I heard that the Washington team won yesterday. But that would be the Redskins. Yeah, they did. They yeah. did. Yeah. They did. Good, they they good, played well. They played well. The defense, the defense looked good. Alex Smith. Uh, look like a real quarterback. It's almost enough to make me dig my RG3 jersey out of the back of my closet. Thank you for joining us for DC TBD this evening. I am going to sign off now because he's just talking uh, <laughs> pure dipshittery. I don't art. What? Who are these letters that you're now? Thank you so much. We'll see you. On Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you joking me? That piece of okay. I'm sorry. I, I digress. NFL boycott. You won't catch me. There was a time. There was a time when RG three looked like a surefire future Hall of Fame. There was a time there that was he, like ten weeks. There was, there was a ten weeks there where bullshit. he looked like where he looked like there, the greatest player bull, in the world. Excuse me, church members. Bullshit. There was a time that he looked like nothing. There was a time that Daniel Snyder and the rest of that damn team should have never picked him, an injured player out of college, to be our damn quarterback. Oh, I'm sorry. I've digressed. There was 10 weeks there where he looked like the best player in, the fo in football. The hell, he didn't. He looked greasy anyway. <laughs> but speaking of the people. The haterade is flowing. You're damn right. But let's flowing. But uh, to wow. the next topic about the greatest athlete of the weekend and of the world. Listen, there's a great, there's a great argument to be made for Serena Williams being the greatest athlete uh, of our generation. And my generations included Michael Jordan, LeBron yeah, James, Kobe Bryant, me too. Me too. Barry Sanders, me too. Yeah. Tom Brady, Double Barry, Double Barry, yeah. So there, I think there's a strong argument to be made that Serena Williams is is the greatest athlete that we have going. Tiger Woods, I mean, you know, we we've been. I mean, if you're a sports fan, you uh, of of approximately my age, which is probably if you're watching this, it's older than you. Um, <sighs> In my lifetime, I've been blessed to see so many greats, greats in 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 all different sports, in yeah. all different sports. I mean, people who have really changed the game. I mean, Alex Ovechkin, yep. Sidney Crosby. You yeah. know, you like him or dislike him, but yeah. I mean, these are players who brought something different to their sports. And Serena, I think the same, but it didn't quite go her way. And I don't even think it. I don't even think it was about. So shout out to everybody that um, came down to H Street. We did a little party um, to watch to watch the match. To watch the match, awesome. we we awesome. did it at. Um, my, my my invite must have gotten. No, I put it out. I put it out there. Everybody was invited. <laughs> oh hush. Um, Event Solutions DC. I expect an invitation mailed to my house with a stamp. No, no 
handwritten. That was not going to happen after my week last week. <laughs> um, but, you know, we went down to the Haymaker on H Street. Shout out to them. Maybe we can get some sponsorship Can we them. get, yeah, can we roll some, some, some sponsorship? Yeah, we're going to work on sponsorship with them. Um, and so he opened up early for us. We'll do the show there. Yeah, we could do the show there. You They're, can tell them. We have like one viewer. Yeah. Hey, one oh, wait viewer. Wait a second. That's you. That's me. <laughs> That's oh, you. Shit. That's terrible. <laughs> I don't have my phone because we would definitely have more. If you people. had your phone, if we would I double had, our numbers. We would double our numbers. We'd be up to a whole two. Um, but, you know, we went down there to watch the match. And, I mean, it was great because, you know, the bar opens up early, but just everybody just started swarming it. Zoom, and we're focused. And we're, you know. And more focused than Serena was. At the time, it was like, of course, you want Serena to win. But it's like, you know what? I just want to see great tennis. Yeah. That was me. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see great tennis. If Serena won, Serena won. If, uh, if Naomi won, Naomi won. Yeah. I was fine. But then it started to get technical. And it start, something just wasn't right. But you could feel it. And I'm a, I was... Something just wasn't right to me and I guess to everybody else and definitely to Serena because that's when she was just like, you got to be joking me. You're looking at points flying off the board penalty. Yeah. So let's let's I guess let's 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 give some 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 background here. If someone's listening who didn't was under a rock all weekend. You so had you literally had to be on a desert somewhere. Serena Serena is in the second set of the U.S. Open Women's Final on Saturday evening. Mm -hmm. um, she's lost the first set to Naomi Osaka. Osaka. Yeah, I believe that's right. I'm not going to mess up her last name. Yeah, I believe it's Naomi Osaka. She is Haitian and Japanese. That's right. That's right. Yes. Um, and, and good. And, and good. Really fucking good. She's good. Because uh, Serena could not overpower her. I mean, that's usually Serena's game. She's yeah. gonna overpower you. She um, got she got her a couple of times. She got her a couple of times, but, but not as many as Naomi got. No. got Serena. No. So then in the second set, um, there was an issue in which she got a warning because she was being coached from her coach in in the box. And if you see, you can kind of see the video where the coach is like. Get you know, he's, he's frustrated watching because Serena's losing. She lost the first set, and she, they're going back and forth in the second set. And he's, you know, kind of like, I can see what the guy is doing because he's probably, he's, you know, you work with somebody every day, and you're just kind of right. like, no, do, God, do this, do this, do this. You know, and he's like, he's like you know, kind of basically saying, like, I serve it down the middle, serve it down the middle like this. And so, the, you know, the, 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 the umpire took, took umbrage and, and um, you know, gave her a warning. Right. And this then, is and let's remember this is not the first time that this umpire has said something to Serena. Now let's also remember where her coach was, where she was. Coach is over here, Serena is over here. Yeah. I mean they are far apart. And she he it's almost like when you look, it's almost like he's talking to Venus. Cuz Venus is kind of sitting up and it, it's just like what you said. It's like, come on, what are you doing? Get in the pocket. Yeah. Not Serena. Look at me and look at getting right here because yeah. this is the way that I'm telling you. To no. Coaching. Coaching. No. Is like, it's like it's like a completed pass in the NFL. You got to have somebody throwing it and you got to have somebody catching it. Right. And if either of those two things doesn't happen, you don't have a reception. Right. And with tennis coaching, you've got to have. 
the guy giving the coaching and then somebody receiving. And I have to believe, Serena, um, if you're a professional athlete, you have mastered the art of tuning out all of the noise and just focusing on what is happening between the lines. Like, I am sure that Serena was not looking up in the box and being like, oh, shit, yeah, good idea. I should just serve it right down the middle. Yeah, I mean, you can't, first of all, you're a tennis player. You can't do that. Serena is locked in on what she's doing. She's locked in on her next point, on her next uh, ground stroke, whatever, her next serve, whatever. Um, That, you know, that was silly. So then later on, she gets very frustrated and she smashed her racket on the court. And that's a no-no in tennis. And so she got... Another a second, another, a second a second penalty, and that that resulted. Those two penalties resulted in basically Naomi starting the next game uh, at fifteen love, right? Uh, without having having point played a point, advantage. so basically gave basically gave uh, Naomi uh, uh, a game. And, and if I'm not mistaken, I think it was, I think the second set was three three at that point. It or was four three. It was, and so then it, was it went up close. and it, it went was, up to five. Still, you know, and 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 look, Serena has had. Sometimes problems in first sets where she loses first sets and then kind of you know turns it back on and right. you know a, a lot of times she relies on her physical strength you know to 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 overpower and overmatch opponents and a lot of times when you do that um, you know you may be losing some of the finesse points when it's high energy first set but then as you as it goes on and you can wear right. an opponent down physically right. she wasn't wearing Naomi she down. was not wearing Naomi down no. Naomi was answering it back and 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 I mean Naomi when you saw them standing next to each other I mean Naomi's a, uh, a big, she's a tall girl she's a big strong girl yeah she is a big strong girl yeah. and she was not being physically overmatched no. So it was obviously frustrating to Serena. You know, Serena, I think, was expecting the storybook ending of you know coming back after giving birth to her, you know, to 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 her to, to her child, and um, you know, winning the U.S. Open um, in New York, you know, her national uh, uh, championship. Yeah. It was the storybook ending, and it wasn't happening for her. It, so it, she was she was frustrated. She was very frustrated. I, and so when she lost the point, then she went off on the ump. And look, we. But can I think I, I believe that was coming though. I believe that was coming from from the first from from the first thing with, with the coaching because, like she says, that's the title of our show. I don't cheat to win. Yeah, and I don't believe that she was cheating, and and I don't and I don't blame her for being upset. And she had had it because, and and I explained this the other day, and and not to cut you off at at, at, no, all, at all, but all. it it just your, I want to hear your take. It 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 royally pissed me off because. I look at Serena and I look at I look at just women of color, women, period. This woman, you you took her number one seed away because she had a baby. You've now told her she can't wear a bodysuit that was made by Nike to basically keep her safe while she's playing. You've basically said it's inappropriate. It's this, that, and the third. Have you come to Serena before and said, you're cheating? Absolutely. Stop being coached. You're cheating. But you've allowed everybody else that's not a brown, a round, a bold type of tennis player. Mm -hmm. No. And so what happened on that court was inevitably going to happen. I hate the fact that it happened, but it was going to happen and it needed to be happened and it needed to be seen on 
or, or, you know, in front of, because, you know, you could just come up with the article and say, oh, well, the French Open has banned Serena from where, but what, what, wait a minute, but why? No, so this weekend we physically saw the racism. We, this weekend we physically saw the sexism. We saw it all right then and there. The, the part that I take away from it is that this match, they took, when they started with the first penalty, you took away Naomi's chance of winning this on her own. She was going to win. Let's just be very clear. Anybody that, that watched that game and understood, you know, the, the, the power moves and how Serena was being dominated, Naomi was going to win this match. Probably, in all likelihood, yeah. In yeah, all likelihood, yeah. I think, I think, yeah, without question, yeah, without question. But let Naomi win it. She did not win it in the sense of two tennis players were playing fair tennis against each other. With, well, no, with, with no barriers, with nothing in the way to, to conform or to, or, or, or to um, I can't think of the word, to, you know, to, 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 to box them in. See, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to disagree. On I'm going to disagree. I'm going to disagree slightly. Okay, that's Because fine. I think that that, <laughs> I think that that absolves Serena of her responsibility. Look. She's paying, a she seven, got, she's paying a $17,000 fine. That's chump change to her. She's going to pay it. I mean, the fine is, yeah, the fine is nothing. The fine it, is. It, it, she's, 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 she's upset because she feels like, like she was going to get back into the match and, and then it was taken away from her. Um, but one, she did yell at the ump. She did verbally abuse the ump. Um, I've heard a lot of people say, well, you know, when men do this, they don't get, they don't get, uh, uh, you know, well, they, don't, they don't get, they don't get penalized. And it's like, this is not something that happens very often. I don't. I don't know of very many male tennis players who berate the umpire. You know, not well, since I McEnroe. Mean, I was gonna say the era of McEnroe. Um, the rule. The rule may Ar well. The rule Ar may well Arthur have been. Has I wonder did Arthur Ashe ever have any? You know, kind of. Are you joking me? Doubt moments. Very much that um, Arthur Ashe got into it with it with an my umpire. Andre Agassi. Um, never uh, heard, never heard Agassi. Nader. Get in. We, we, we've, we've seen some stuff. And I mean, not even just the clips that, you know, they've kind of put together to say, oh, look at, you know, look at the history of tennis and everything. It just, it doesn't happen very often. And it is a rule. She violated, she violated the rules. But was it coming and then she violated? Because she just didn't jump out there and start yelling for no dang Well, she started reason. yelling. She started yelling because the, because she had the point taken away. And she went back to the whole thing. I wasn't being coached, you know. That's ridiculous. And and and, and then she started calling him a thief. And you know, look, I, I can I can concede that she has she has a reason to be upset. I can concede that she has a reason to be upset. But you are a professional tennis player. You are okay. a professional athlete. Like one, first of all, any professional athlete, any championship athlete, and Serena knows this better than certainly better than me and better than anybody. Yeah. Any championship athlete has to be able to overcome adversity mentally and physically. LeBron James, every time he has a temper tantrum on the court. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you know. Temper whatever. tantrums. Full out. Yeah, listen, look, I think NBA refs are far too uh, uh, compliant, are far too pliant with... Um, with with NBA players, you know, giving them the business. I mean, you know, if I'm an ump, if I'm an if I'm an ump, I'm kind of like, all right, I'll let you say your piece. If I hear another fucking word, you're out. 
You but, said you said your piece. I listened and I gave you so that respect, I, you know, and now you're done. Yeah. And now we move forward. We're not talking about the past anymore. I heard you. I list. I heard you. And I think that that's what the umpire should have said. I think he should have said, he should have said, you know, Ms. Williams, I've heard you. I have heard your complaint. I have made my rulings. Let's play the next point because I don't want to have to take a game away from you. Like that's probably how he should have. Res- I'm not. But, but I'm he, not giving. I'm not giving that ump. But he did credit. No, be- I obviously because because that ump is like, damn it, I'd have did it again. And he he she violated the rules. I mean, you know, I, I get where she's coming from. Uh, but she violated the rules, and she did not suffer consequences that are not specified in the rules. Those consequences are specified in the rules. As a professional athlete, one just 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 to give yourself from a competitive standpoint the best chance to come back in this match, you've got to be able to just let the pass go. It's it's you know it's the cornerback in the NFL. You got to have a short memory because you're going to get beat by receivers, yeah. and you got to be able to line up in the next play. Just because I mean, I... you gave up a 45 yard uh, 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 pass play on the next play, um, you know you got to line up against that receiver again on first down. Sounds and... like you're still mad about last night's game. I'm just like <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> Did y'all notice? That? My day was going so well. He was just real aggressive about the 45 and the. <laughs> <laughs> My day was going so well yesterday. Like I had uh, uh, the Redskins won in dominating fashion. That made me happy. And then I'm watching the Bears against the Packers. And anyone who knows <laughs> anyone who knows me knows I'm the type of sports fan. Not only do I love my team, I hate my team's rivals. I hate the Cowboys. I hate the Eagles. I hate the Giants. I hate the Packers. I hate the Vikings. I hate Ohio State and Michigan State. And Notre Dame, all the teams that I love, I love them, my teams, and I hate my team's rivals. So, like, all right, here we are in the first half, <laughs> and the Bears are just kicking the hell out of the Packers. And all of a sudden, they woke up. Okay. Shout out to um, Bethune Cookman this weekend. Um, my my best friend, uh, Jamise, her son plays for Bethune, and they just like killer crushed. Who'd they beat? Who'd they beat? They were playing some team. I don't even remember. I just looked at the score and was like, "Oh, Little Harp did really well." <laughs> what's your What's your What's your friend's son's name? Uh, he is um, AJ Harper. AJ his, Harper for Bethune Cookman. Yeah. Shout out. His, um, I, I'm not gonna say who his daddy is. I'll tell you off air. <laughs> tell you off air. <laughs> Why are you afraid he's gonna find out? No, no. <laughs> I just you know, just I like to keep my friends' business. Fair enough. Fair Our enough. friends' we're not, business, but you know, but we're not, but, we're not, we're not, we're not here to discuss the business of people we actually know. No, just, absolutely not. Just, I, just, Nikki know, and, just Nikki and Cardi. I know. Oh God, I'm so glad I don't know them. But um, you know, I I get, and I knew that this was going to be. That's why I I wanted to scratch Nikki and Cardi off of, uh, <laughs> as I say their names again, <laughs> off of the list because I thought that the conversation in regards to Serena Williams it it needed to happen. Yeah. Because every, I mean, you saw the post, you, we all watched it. We right. all watched watch, yeah. it and you knew that there were going to be so many opinions about it. And that's, I mean, that's why we had to have the conversation. Mm-hmm. Marcus, mm-hmm. we're missing you on this conversation and maybe we'll, you know, we'll pinpoint back to it, um, 
you know, nope. next week. He's missing out on no, it. No, you're missing it. Sorry, Marcus. Love it's you. It's going to be all new shit. <laughs> all, all new shit next all week. All new shit next week. You know, and it's just, <laughs> it's... Y- Maybe you... we'll talk Nikki and Cardi. Uh, so I'm going to go find some lunch somewhere and not be <laughs> on, in on that. I'm going to go find my cold brew when y'all decide to, to have that conversation. Yeah, but, wanna, you know... I want to I, I I take another stab at that cold brew before we leave. Yeah, so. definitely. You know, I... I, I I wish the, the best for for both players. I enjoy watching both players. It was sad play, it, but I it was, really I was, was very sad when they were giving when they when they, oh, had, it was when hard. they did the presentation it was hard. and the crowd was booing and I was just it was like, just hard. I mean, like for me, you know, in these these sports with individuals where they're not teams like golf, you know, I mean, I, I it you don't you don't get that invested in yeah. the individual. What you want to see is 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 good tennis yeah. or good golf, you know. But Serena um, has and, and and Naomi played great tennis that right. night. She, she had played great tennis throughout the throughout the tournament. She's twenty years old. She looks like she's very telegenic and and you know. Uh, I, I hope that there's a bright future for her. But here she is having won the U.S. Open, her first major. She's 20 years old. She just defeated her idol, the woman that she grew up watching and, yeah. and, and idolizing. And but I think uh, and then they and, and 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 the crowd in New York is booing. It's like, come on, New York, do better, be better. Well, I, I that there, was terrible. There like was she deserved there a, she deserved her moment. She deserved her glad. moment, but. She also knew that her moment didn't come because two tennis players physically played each other. Well, they did though. They did. But, she beat. But, but there, she beat Serena. But there were other things she that won hap- six, There she were won other things that happened during that match. If this had been a fair match, she needed twelve games to beat Serena Williams. Yeah. She had already won nine of those games when all of this shit happened. She was beating Serena, just like you said. It was a fair fight, and she she won it fair and square. What I'm upset about is that her moment of celebration of triumph was um, was ruined by assholes booing. Like I, I get it. it. I and and I, under, I get I, under, I get and why I people are upset. I get why people are upset. And I understand why why you're saying it, it was ruined and everything. But I she also, was crying. She was in tears. She was in she was in tears. But she's still at also a very gracious young lady because when I yeah, forgot what's his name um, started asking her questions, she was like, "I'm not going to answer that because what you all have done this evening is is not." Is not right, and whatever she said, and 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 you know, she was just like, "This has just been taken away, and, prop- and this was not fair for my idol." And props, and, and props to Serena for saying, you know, uh, when she's up on the stand on the dais, you know, basically saying, "Look, I don't want to talk about that." You know, we should focus on the champion. Naomi's a champion, yeah. and she played like a champion tonight. And um, I'm paraphrasing, obviously. This is all no, no, no. Said, but it, but but that's basically what she said. It she, was you know, so, but and I, that was good. That was good. And when she heard the booing and she saw that Naomi was crying, Serena put her arm around her. Oh yeah, was, she, that was the right thing to do. I think in that moment, Serena handled it gracefully. She handled it I gracefully from the court Serena, to the stand. I wish Serena had handled it differently in while the, she was playing in the moment i get it i i mean I, I i i i get it i, I don't understand. i can even concede why she was upset i can concede why she was angry i can concede that this umpire was being an asshole being a jerk um but you're playing for you're playing for the u.s open championship if you're going to give yourself a chance to come back in that match and give yourself a chance to win right you've got to put everything behind and focus on the next I get it. on the next point and she Serena let it get to her and and 
Um, you know, for somebody who is, look, she's going to go down in history, I think is the greatest tennis player, male or female, to ever, to ever pick up the racket. Um, yep. She's won... <laughs> Far more than any of us. Oh, I mean, her name. Far her, more her than name any. Is, her name is all over that. Yeah. That trophy. All over every major trophy. Right. All and, over every and major dude, trophy. Did you see the tweet from Billie Jean King? Yeah. Yeah. She. Tweeted. When a woman is emotional, she's hysterical and she's penalized for it. When a man does the same, he's outspoken and there are no repercussions. Um, I feel like there's a lot of assumptions that go on here, and 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 maybe somebody, and and, and maybe it's been done, and I just haven't. It hasn't. Hasn't hit hasn't hit my Twitter feed yet. But um, woke since eighty four. But at at woke since eighty (laughs) four. But uh, uh, there seems to be this assumption that like this wouldn't happen with a man. That that I mean the penalties are in the books. I don't. First of all, like I said before, I think it's a rare occurrence to have a player mid match be going off on an umpire. Like days of John McEnroe. That's just. You know, maybe and every once John, in a while. John would Listen. come out of the locker room yeah. on fire. But that was 1983. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's 30 years ago. Like, the 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 rule was probably, I don't know this for a fact, but the rule was probably instituted because of McEnroe. But, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, you, you just have to, you have to, you, you just have to, you have to know better in that situation. Okay. You have to know better in that situation, I believe. And um, again and again, I'm not taking anything away from Serena being upset. Right. I think she. I, I think it was deserved. I think it was uh, bullshit. You know, you don't call that coaching. Uh, I just that's that a, that's terrible. That's terrible because basically, then you're you're basically telling the coach that yes, you can be in the stadium with your protege. You can be there, but you you must stay silent throughout. You cannot gesture, gesticulate in any way. It's 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 a little bit ridiculous. Yeah, so. it was frustration on 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 one side, and you know, it's just I hate that it happened, but you know what? It happened. We saw it. And now it's time to, you the know. The U.S. Open women's final, Naomi Osaka. Yeah. Champion. Champion. That's really all we should be focused on. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're not. But um, that's that's why we're here on DCTBD. That's why we're here. So we can talk shit. So we are down to the last that time of the week, that beautiful, beautiful time of the week. Yes. Where we talk about my favorite thing that I saw this week. Yes. You want me to go first, or do you want to go first? I don't know. Like, I saw a couple of my favorite things this all right, week. Well. I guess what I'm talking about last night. Um, so, By all means, yes. Yeah. So, Where were you last night? Where was I last night? I was hanging out with my best friend, uh, Mr. Richardson, and we went to a play at the Atlas Theater on 8th Street. For those of you that think that the Atlas district is a new gentrified name it is not it was one of the it was one of the movie houses you had the atlas and you had the senator that's down on minnesota avenue the east street Uh uh-huh well well, this is back back way back 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 oh pre-east street way back 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 in the day this is like i say born in dc but not raised here this this is this is where our people got to go to the movie theater um so we went to go see a wonderful play called marie and rosetta and it is the story of rosetta tharp um sister rosetta tharp sister um, badass guitar player badass guitar player um on the gospel scene who you know shook her hips and and went on into a little rock and roll um and it and what most people if you don't know the history or or her background and a lot of it i didn't know Mm -hmm. um you know it's an introduction into black queer uh life 
um, on the road because uh, Marie, they eventually did, I believe, become some type of, of lovers uh, while on the road. Yep. And, you know, it's during the days of the Mahalia Jackson. So that was, you know, one of the names that popped up. But this play, first of all, um, support the Atlas. Support the arts. Support the arts. Support the arts. <laughs> all the, arts. More all than just arts. the Atlas. Yeah. Just, you know, support the arts. Um, it was just an amazing time. Um, the music was great. And it's just four people on stage um, really just being the focus, the two. Um I don't want to give it all away, but tickets are still available. If you're a ward, uh, I think if you're a ward eight, ward seven, or ward five uh, resident, you can get discount tickets. Um, just check it out, you know. Yeah. And I know this weekend um, we've got H Street Fest coming up, mm -hmm. which is really really cool. We That's always love fun. that. I'm gonna be hanging out with Molly. Um, Y'all come fun. down and um, get some t-shirts. Yeah, come down, come down and say hi. Yeah, but that that is what my Spread favorite love. thing of the week was fantastic was fantastic. enjoying that i want to go see that i do want to go yeah see that. i mean it was just it was just so dope it was it was Very just nice. great but Very it was nice. so funny i was telling you this story earlier so i was gonna um embarrass uh mr richardson <laughs> um there because andy shalal was there and uh bus boys and poets uh southeast will be opening they're on the construction right. uh but how crazy we were talking um that Literally, everybody that um, it was on that corner of Fifth and K Street, um, where Busboys and Poets, I think it's a Chipotle, Capital One Bank, Ace Hardware, because of gentrification, were basically forced out of that building. Mm -hmm. How do you force Andy Shalal out of a building? This is Busboys and Poets. Like, there's never a dull day at Busboys and Poets. You've got good food, good atmosphere. Yeah good reason to go, you know, enjoy your time. And this dude is pushed out of his own space. Right. How crazy. So, yeah. Right. So my favorite thing of the week was running into him. You know, he's good. He's moving across the street down at, I think, 4th and K. Okay. And uh, that's Great. it. My favorite thing this week, uh, we had the return of President Barack Obama yeah. to the scene. He gave a speech. He received a, a public service award at the University of Illinois in Champaign, Illinois. Um, and gave a speech that was um, in breaking with presidential tradition. There's a tradition that mm -hmm. former presidents do not criticize sitting presidents. They're the only people in the world who can understand the immense pressure of sitting at the resolute desk and making the decisions that are the most difficult that nobody else can make, that only the president and his learned uh, opinion can make, and... and yeah, Obama was like hell with this. Yeah, let me just read some uh, a couple it. of choice quotes because he's you know he's Barack. He's Barack and he's great, and he's talking to a group of students at the University of Illinois. He says, even though your generation is the most diverse in history, with a greater acceptance and celebration of our differences than ever before, those are the kinds of conditions that are ripe for exploitation by politicians who have no compunction Ooh. and no shame Ooh. about tapping into America's dark history of racial and ethnic and religious division. Appealing to tribe, appealing to fear, pitting one group against another, telling people that order and security will be restored if it weren't for those who don't look like us or don't sound like us or don't pray like we do. That's an old playbook. It's as old as time. Our antibodies kick in and people of goodwill across the political spectrum call out the bigots and the fear mongers and work to compromise to get things done and promote the better angels of our nature. But when there's a vacuum in our democracy, when we don't vote, when we take our basic rights and freedoms for granted, 
when we turn away and stop paying attention and stop engaging and stop believing and look for the newest diversion, the electronic versions of bread and circuses, then other voices fill the void. A politics of fear and resentment and retrenchment takes hold and demagogues promise simple fixes to complex problems. I would say that that is a very keen diagnosis of a, a large portion of our political ills. I'm glad that the president, uh, the real president, is back on the scene. And, uh, uh, you know, for a president who has broken as many norms and traditions as Trump has, you know what? I say fuck the old tradition about presidents not yeah. criticizing. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, this man is separating migrant children at the border, and there are still around 500 migrant children who have not been reunited with their families. Correct. But by the way. So you know what? Fuck you. You should be criticized. Yep. And Barack Obama is one of the best and brightest voices that we have who can speak articulately to not just the the, the negativity in our politics, mm -hmm. but the, the, the aspirational quality of the American experiment. And it's um, like he just pulled the speech out of his, out of his coat jacket like this. How y'all doing this afternoon? Let me read this to you. Almost like he's a gifted orator or something. Yeah, like I mean, that, he's the, so. the the man. We enjoy Barack, and we're like, he's still our president. You know, we wish he could would come back. It's because we had eight years of a man that could look us in the eye and speak. Yeah. yeah. And he was. Honestly. I'm going to speak to you, and I'm going to speak honestly. I'm going to speak to you, and I'm going to speak honestly. And the day that I decide to wear this light tan uh, suit. You're going to get over it because I look damn good. You look good in a suit. You see so. my woman? You see my kids? How y'all like me now? So, <laughs> shout out to Barry. I think that brings to a close another rollicking episode of DC TBD. It's too bad that Marcus could not join us. I know, he, I know he was taking care of some business over at, uh, at his mother's place. And so, Marcus, I hope everything has gone well and uh, you are... You are missed. You are missed as always. With his sway, James Evans. I know. Uh, tool I know. Belt on. I know. Thanks to Nick behind the board. Production. Making us look good. Um, you better make me look good. Put the skinny lens on. Put the skinny lens on. <laughs> Lift my boobs up. There we go. There we go. <laughs> All right. That's DC TVD for another week. We'll see you next Monday, 8 p.m. Same bat time, same bat channel. Out.